Let's start the 77th episode of the Highly Vice Podcast. Yo! What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? This is episode 77 of the Highly Advised Podcast. As you know, if you don't know the voice, this is St. Kitch, a.k.a. Spence, a.k.a. My, as my man's loud feed would say, St. Picasso. Okay. The measuring stick of the culture. Okay. And we're here with half of the tag, the world tag team champions. Yes. Nigel, relaxing OG Jackson. Yes. Hill Jackson. Yes. Uh, Mr. It don't matter what it costs. Just just give me two of them. Maybe. Depending on the night. Depending Maybe. on who I'm with. De- depending on the night. Oh, oh, solo tri- solo trips is just two. If it's ladies, he's letting you know if it's you and him, he might say, give me six of them. Give I'm me not. six of them and give, <laughs> and, and give her give her three. You know what I mean? Giving me a, a a giving person, a very giving person. I'm saying that, you know, maybe I'm out, you know, at a job function. You know, I might, I might not be like that. I might be like, hey, no, I'm just, you know, getting my one beer that I'm heading out. If I, uh, you know, am on a date, then maybe I might be, you know, more generous. But it all depends on if, you know, the date calls for that. I feel you. I mean, there's a thing of being a gentleman, though, man. I am a gentleman, believe it or not. I'm a nice guy. Like I'm not. I'm not a, a dick. You know, like the name Hill Jackson would, would portray. I'm actually a a nice gentleman of a guy. I I feel you on that. I, I I would say, as of today, as of this recording of what I know of him, because we know how this world works. Next thing you know, I might I might find out they might pull up a tweet from in like 60 years and be like, "Yo, he said." He said he was a fan of the Steelers. <laughs> we got to cancel him. Nah. So as of today, I'll say I know you as a good guy. But in 60 years, when they cancel you for these being a fan of the Pittsburgh Steelers tweets, I may have to say, oh. Well, you know, I, I had to like him this week because, uh, you know, a friend of the podcast, I'll leave his name out. He uh, kept on hitting me with side shots about the Steelers. Last week when we played Aaron Rodgers, he was he sent a group to the um group text of the text unit you know, group or whatever. And he was like, Yeah, Aaron Rodgers out here playing good. You know what I mean? I see another pictures where, you know, the Ninja Turtles are, you know, being trained by Master Splinter and then Master Splinter's being carried out by the Ninja Turtles and the, the Steelers record is on their back. So, you know, I see all this stuff and I'm just like, Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Like I, I get the game we're playing here. Yeah. I get the game we're playing. And and you know, like I like I like football. Y'all all know I like football. So this is the thing y'all y'all come at me after. That's cool. That's fine. I mean, you gotta take it though. You have you gotta and I you did. Got it, and, and you gotta until we won. Until we won. And that had to be accepted too. It yo, it's a two-way street. I understand. And the thing is this, right? When the when what Lyle's team, the football team, they beat me last year. I didn't say anything. I was like, y'all got it. Yeah, I, I had to take the ass whooping. I, that yeah. is what it is. Yo, listen, man, you didn't come up with no excuses. No, nope. yeah, they didn't. You wasn't like, yo, the pads was too heavy. Oh Jesus, they, the pads were too heavy. The helmet was too heavy. I, how did you expect us to win? Where the Steelers? The pads are too heavy. The the helmet's too heavy. The cleats are too strong. Like no excuses. You took your you took your loss on the chin. You walked it off. I mean, I'm just, I, I just figured I'll bring that up. I mean, sounds like seen, you're alluding to something. 
Uh, yeah, a little bit. I mean, I'm sure people have heard about it at this point. You had to hear about it. I'm quite sure there's more that's came oh. out since since this hold recording. On. Hold on, hold on. If they're a fan of this podcast, the highly advised podcast, they would be a fan of it. We are the cross section of hip hop and MMA. And where would they want to follow us if they wanted more updates about? Because you you had a post about this thing you're alluding to. Where where would they, where would they have saw that? Oh, the post. Yeah, if they wanted to see the post about it, they should have just checked the Instagram, which is the highly advised. Yeah, the highly advised podcast. What? Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Who, who would have thought? Who would have thunk it in the words of Drake? Where else would they have saw Drake? that? Uh, if they want to see our live reaction, they should have checked us checked us out on Twitter, which was mm. the, advise highly at advise highly on Twitter. Or I mean, but it's all good. Even if they didn't check either one, I could tell them this: if you want to know how our reaction to this, at least, or what we predicted, you could always go on YouTube, right, and watch us actually talk about this. And you can YouTube the Highly Advised Podcast. In a video form, shortened for the listeners. Now, go ahead go ahead and inform them as to what we got to talk about. Tailor-made just for them. Mm. Tailor-made just for them. Mm. But, I mean, similar similar in terms of tailor-made, um, similar to, like, that crazy outfit that the boy wore. Uh, yo, did you know Loaded Lux actually was the one that opened up uh, Walk walked uh, Deontay Wilder out for this fight with him and Tyson Fury? So, well, I mean... In the trilogy. In the trilogy fight for Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder, no, I did not see that part. I actually, I'm not going to lie, listeners, I didn't see it. I watched it the next morning. But he watched it. I'll give you your credit. You watched it. I will say this, though. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. If you. I wish you had watched it in real time, bro. This was probably one. This was an amazing fight. And I'll say that from just in the sense of in the turn, you know, I wish Lyle was here for this episode, man. I really do, because this him knowing him as a, a boxing fan as well. This fight was great. Like um, in terms of by the time we got to like before we got halfway through the fight, we had already had like three knockdowns, three knockdowns. Deontay Wilder even came out in the fight looking great. He looked great. He was working his jab. He was he was actually trying to box, actually trying to box, uh, and not just necessarily rely on the right hand. Granted, he knows that's his money shot, so of course he's gonna he's gonna worst come to worst. And as we saw later on, he would go for broke. If he's gonna go for broke, he's gonna he's gonna Mega Man the arm. He's gonna Mega Man the right arm and try to see what he can do. So, but it nothing worked. Nothing worked. Nothing. I told you guys, I told y'all last week, I told y'all last year, I said this two oh or three God. years ago. I Like I always said, Tyson Fury, a.k.a. the Gypsy King himself, that's what he anoints himself as, the Gypsy, the Gypsy King. I said he was the best heavyweight that we have right now between the top three, top five champions, not champions, like champions. Top out of those, he sits at the throne. And he proved it when he fought Deontay Wilder over the weekend, bro. He proved it. Deontay Wilder came at him. Like I said before, he came at him, was trying to box him, ended up getting knocked down. He he won the first two rounds. You've been calling for a while. I, because Tyson, no one can beat... I'm not going to say no one can beat Tyson Fury, but there's nobody that's going to beat Tyson Fury out of, like, the talent... The, the, talent, the current talent pool. And granted, there was a heavyweight fight over the weekend... 
with some dudes um, that I think they were both old. Some guys. Yeah, actually, it was a fight. It was actually on this prelim. It was actually on the prelim. Uh, I forget the fighters. I was... Oh, go ahead. I, well, I, I forgot the fighters because I had just gotten back home. I had just landed. So, like, I landed the same day this, fall, this fight was happening. So, I, I didn't have a chance to catch them. But apparently, they were both two good fighters. So... Well, when I was watching the fight, you know, it's kind of crazy because I think that um, Deontay Wilder did better than I expected him to at, at the least, you know. I think right. he tried to jab the body, you know, in the first in the first few rounds, but then he got tired. Uh, and then I, don't, I wouldn't even say that I think, one, he got tired. And I think, two, he just kind of abandoned that and was like, hey, look, I, after the knockdown, I'm going to knock him out. You know what I mean? And it's like, hey, like. You can see just towards the end of the or uh, towards the end of the round, he just didn't have an in him. I think after the eighth, I was like, okay, like he, this is like not gonna get any better for Deontay Wilder. That being it's said, like the eighth round, I think it was the eighth round where I was like, mm, like it, this is getting bad. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I can understand that because I, I think by then, yeah, because by then the refs, are, not the refs, but the doctors are already came into the ring to see if they could, if if they if if it would be necessary to actually stop the fight. Right. Because like, dude was getting busted up. Yeah, he was getting hit a lot. Like, after, like, I want to say the last round I had for him was the round he knocked him out down in, which was the fourth, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. And and b- before that, I, I had the fight. It was, um you know, kind of close. You know what I mean? I think he was a little bit more active than Fury in the first round, but, I mean, he was still, like, getting hit. And I think Fury was down in the next two rounds then, Fury got knocked down in the fourth. And I think pretty much after that, I had the rest of the fight going for Tyson Fury. And, you know, I think that he did show improvement in this fight. And like I was saying to you over the weekend, that I think that um, Deontay Wilder could have done better to have, it's kind of like a a double-edged sword with him taking this fight so close to the last fight. I don't feel like he had the time to improve enough to win in this fight. I feel like, you know, some of the same stuff he suffered from in the, in the first fight, he suffered from in this fight. I think he was just able to counter it a little bit better because he handled a little bit better with his pace in the earlier parts of the fight. And he wasn't, I don't, I don't think necessarily, I think he was putting in the work to set up some of his punches later on in the fight, unlike how he did in the first fight, because he was just kind of trying to hang in there with him and like outbox him. You can't outbox Tyson Fury with the skill set that he has. Right. I mean, I agree to that. Like, I, I definitely agree with where you can't out. In the in the second fight, you can't try to play someone else's game. In this fight, I will I do agree where he did show more improvement coming into this fight. But my my thing was, yes, I believe he did get tired early on, um, just because it was a different style of fighting, which I knew would end up paying dividends for for Tyson Fury in the later rounds. Because, like we all know, if you don't know if if you learn something the improper way in this case, right? Or if you're learning a new technique, when you get tired, when your body gets tired, it's just going to go for what it knows. It's going to go, it goes back to what is, is its original foundation. And that's what we have, would eventually see late in the later parts of those rounds where Wilder still was trying to use his jab and trying to formulate some type of game plan, but he was too tired. And a lot of that tiredness did come from where we saw in the second fight where Tyson Fury was, punching him in well punching him in the side of the face back of the ear type or not back but in the ear type of area where it messed up his equilibrium in the last fight right in the second fight but in the trilogy it played 
it still played his part where we saw Deontay, well, I think after he got hit in the ear, I think in the third round, because I actually had him winning the first two rounds. So I, mm-hmm. and in the third round, I was like, okay, he's up right now two one. Okay. So I think it was, but I think after that knockdown, his equilibrium was all messed up, which I think just kind of doesn't help when you have someone like Tyson Fury who came in at his heaviest, still putting that weight up on him. Right, exactly. And, and he and said we, that. And um, I was going to say, we, yeah, yeah, he's, oh, he did say, he mentioned that um, after the fight? Yeah, Deontay Wilder said that after the fight. He was like, yeah, you know, um, he showed up heavier. He came in there essentially to put more um, pressure on me, you know, and kind of hold me throughout the fight. And that's what he did. And I wasn't good enough to beat him. That's what he said. Well, I see, cause see, I haven't heard anything from him um, since the fight. So I'm, well, I'm glad he's actually taking the loss. Like a, like an actual champion should take a loss because I don't, I don't think anything. I, I, I think from this fight, no one can take anything from him, of course. Right. Because granted he lost, he only won three rounds, but he's never been a fighter that he's always been a fighter. Like I've said, that relies on this, on that right hand. Like, he's relied on the right hand so much that, like I always said, at a certain level, it's going to get exposed, whether it be AJ, whether it be Tyson Fury. It's going to get exposed. It's just all about who can take the shots. Right. From him. And Tyson Fury, and that's the thing about Tyson Fury. I think after the fourth round, Tyson Fury had a wake-up call because in the second, when, in, during the second knockdown, if you if when you watch the fight, you can see it in his face like, yo, what's happening right now? I can't believe I'm actually... You know what I'm saying? I can't believe I'm actually take. I'm actually, I might end up losing this fight. So it seemed like he kind of got everything together. And granted, I think, tight, not Tyson Fury, but Wilder ended up catching Fury again, I believe, in like the seventh round. Yeah. But it was like at the very, it was literally like right before the bell rang. So. And that was like did. the last spark he had in the fight. It really, because yeah. like, like, like I said, right in the eighth is when it started getting real bad for Deontay. It, it, exactly. And you could tell, like, the same thing that happened in the last fight, bro. Like, he, at that, at that, at least at this point, he made it further than he did in the first fight. I will give him that. In the second fight, I will give him that. But, like, it was just the amount of damage that he was taking. And it's a difference when a guy is like, okay, hey, I can take your punches. Let's, now that I can take your punches, you can take some of mine but I'm more technically skilled than you. Let's see what happens. I think from what my belief is, and I, like I said, I didn't watch any post-conference from Wilder's side outside of maybe like maybe two or three minutes from his coach. For me, to me, what it looks like is, Wild, because Wilder did come in there, he came into this fight at his heaviest. He didn't come into this fight at a light as a lighter fighter. So he came in at his heaviest and he still... It wasn't enough, and I think he was hoping he would pay. It would pay dividends by working that body in the beginning, so he can get those those big looping right, those big looping shots in the, in the later latter parts of the round. But it didn't work. His legs were too tired. That same dent that he claimed was an egg shaped weight in the first in the second fight, it reappeared again. But this time, I guess he can honestly say, "Oh, it has to be a." a it had to be from real punches. And I think to me, the funniest thing I think of this whole thing is that you know Wilder changed his um his uh gloves at the very last second, right? Uh so they had a little controversy behind the scenes about that type of thing as well. Yeah, it's like always it, something. Yeah, but it's because like 
It's because like when you're so you know how fighters they have they bring someone from the other side and inspect the gloves when the gloves are getting put on so there's no cheating. Right. And for boxers, I know they have you get to select the gloves that you'll have. So typically them they may have one or two pair. I, and I only say this based off what I saw with Floyd, but there's also I guess another uh, a third pair of gloves that are primarily horsehair, which were I think which I believe I think it was like the MT gloves that Tyson Fury ended up using in their second fight. So he ended up decide Wilder decided to use those gloves at the very very last second, like right before coming out, right before walking out, right before he was about to get his right. Well, I think it was probably after he got his hands wrapped. But before the gloves went on, he was like, nah, I don't trust the two gloves that I brought. I want these. I think that was probably a tactic in the case to prevent the, oh, they cheated me with the gloves type of thing. So I, I guess that was his whole plan. But I don't know. I think it's safe to say after this fight, after this trilogy, we will not get another fight between, between Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury unless, A, unless Tyson Fury, unless Wilder and Fury find their way fighting for the a championship or a Fury, not Fury, but Wilder puts himself back in that position. I don't see this. I don't see these two guys ever being in the ring again with each other. No, they're probably not going to fight each other again. And you know what? Me personally, I think that I would like to see Deontay Wilder. Like, I don't think he necessarily has to fade away. I think that uh, if he really wants a shot at the belt again, they, and I know that we were having this conversation during the weekend. And I think that Deontay Wilder can still be putting some good fights. You know what I mean? They could, uh, you know, try to book him well, but I guess it just depends on as to what they do with him, as to who he's fighting next. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think the in terms of like his next possible fights is if, because I know before when we when we had talked, you did say something about maybe he should have a tune up fight, or well, you're saying he should have, you think he should have a tune up fight before coming into this fight, right? Um, which I personally, I I think. I don't, I thought about that. I don't think I think he should have just went straight into this fight. I don't think a tune-up match would have done anything just because yeah, that that's a long break but at well, the same time at, well, at the same at the same time I wouldn't tell anybody well cuz Tyson Fury has been in the inactive for the same amount of time. So Well no, I was saying that he he could he should have another fight because the problems that he had going into this fight, he had to improve on to even look better in this fight. I think another fight, I don't think it was a matter of him necessarily being off for an amount of time. I think skill-wise, he wasn't where Tyson Fury was. That's why he needed time. But I guess I maybe he didn't see it that there. way. And that's yeah. fair enough. But, like, you, I don't think you can do that. Would you have more of a chance of getting there in a, an immediate rematch or over some time when you actually have time to fight more people and, you know, have more experience? I mean, it it works. It's a double. It's a Double-edged it, sword. It's a double-edged sword. I will say that because, yeah, if he was, if had he waited more time to fight, it's, I, like I said before, I think he would have been out of the picture. If he didn't, if he didn't try to fight for a championship right now, I think he would have been out of the picture just because, well, granted right now we have Anthony Joshua. So because Anthony Joshua doesn't have the belt, well, let me not even say that. The fact that Anthony Joshua is going for a rematch right now for his belt or activating his rematch clause for his belt, if he were to become champion again, he wouldn't he would try to boot Wilder out of the picture. I wouldn't find I mean, granted, Tyson Fury would said he would always fight Wilder because it's a big payday. 
But other than that, I don't see, I don't think anybody else would want to see that fight. I I mean, the, he would have to start going to the next level. Maybe he could fight Usyk. And that's just because Us- it would just, it would probably just add more to Usyk, if anything. But right now, I think the best option for him is like, well, the best thing that could happen to him right now is either Anthony Joshua, because I think, for one, I think Wilder needs to take a long break after this fight because he took a beating, like I said he would. And I think he pro- I think it may be best that he takes this break and either he fights a, a second a, a second tier fighter, maybe a Dylan White, or heck, if Usyk and um, Wild not Usyk and Wilder, if Usyk and um, Joshua, if they fight, if they fight, do the rematch, and let's say Joshua loses again. I think that's probably the, the next fight that he probably have for because it would be a contender fight, and I think that would be a sellout fight because it's a it's a fight that we all wanted that boxing has wanted to see for a while, especially in heavyweight fighting. Um, I, I don't know. I'm curious to see what happens. Like, I think that uh, I, as long as they because I want to see the sport of boxing flourish a little bit, I would like it if they put him in good fights and actually you know tried to make it a, a viable fight maybe with somebody else. But I think that with all the money that's put towards these fight boxers, like Deontay Wilder isn't going to be like in the co-main getting paid the way he's getting paid. You know what I mean? So that's just never going to happen. But I mean, I, I hope for the future of boxing, you know what I mean? I, I hope for the boxers. Yeah. I mean, hey, I, I mean, I, it would be nice, but like I said, like I even said to you on the phone, man, like if for his case, like it, at this point in his career, and he's like 37 on top, or 35, 37, one of the two. So he's he's at that later. He's at that second half, or not even the second half. He's at the latter parts of most most people's careers, minus Bernard Hopkins, of course. Right. Um, which he probably could actually fight for a little bit longer because he didn't start boxing until he was 19. Well, you know what they say about heavyweights, too. They say the last, way, last thing to go away is the power, and he got yeah, a lot of that. Yeah, but he doesn't have a lot of technique either. So like time, it, yeah, time, time. But father time is undefeated. You're right about that. Yeah. Like, I, don't get me wrong. I mean, unless he wants to be a butter bean at 40, something like 42 years old, granted, I think he would still be in great shape, but I mean, I think it would take a few years until he gets that technical sound being that technical sound, which I think it, it will happen over time, but it's, he's still that power is he's really going to have to rely on the power. Well, if anything, well, hold probably- on. real quick, real quick. Uh, one thing I will say is that that um, luckily for Deontay Wilder, he's not known for getting in a lot of battles like these. Oh, right. Absolutely. Well, because most of the all the opponents that he fought, well, not all, but most of his opponents that he's fought, they he typically just starches them in the first three minutes, in the exactly. first three rounds. Exactly. So, like, yeah, he hasn't taken that that much damage, but I will say this, and we all know this from MMA, once the blueprint is out on how to beat somebody, it gets a little bit easier for the next, it gets easier for the others that follow behind. If they can, in their case, if they can take the power, if they can take the, if they can take a punch or they figure out, okay, Fury beat this guy twice. He punched them in. He punched this man in his left ear, both fights. And pretty much it, it helps secure a lot. It, it helps a lot. And I think we all know this, this is this range true because in both fights, when you anybody get hit, anybody that gets hit in the air, your equilibrium is off. Period. 
So I think that's that also rings true when it comes to this. So like with the blueprint being out for him, he's going to have to change his style. It's just a matter of how much of a style change is going to be necessary based off his next opponent. And I think that's, we, we won't really know that until he's actually fighting stiffer competition. Like, don't get me wrong. I think he can knock Dylan White out. Maybe it, he might be able to get knocked out by Dylan White because he can, he has power. But most of his fight, like most of his competition, if he was to fight most of his, his past competition, he's beating all of them in the same fashion because they can't take the punch that he can throw. Not not like a, at the at the very top, there's only a handful of people. And those are that's where he deserves to be. He he's not a B tier, he's not a B fighter. He's an A level fighter or a tier one fighter. He's not a tier two fighter. It's just he's a bottom, he may be at the bottom of the tier one, but above like DC. You can't beat John Jones, but everybody else in the division cannot beat you. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's John Jones, DC, everybody else. And that's exactly. the way it was for a little bit of time. Exactly. My, so my question to you is, do you think that Deontay Wilder could go to the Yeezy Academy and learn some more uh, technique for his boxing? Or you don't, like, how do you think he can do it? Man, listen, I, listen. if Kanye opened up a boxing gym, if he opened up a boxing club at, at the Yeezy Academy, I wouldn't be surprised. Is he going to be in the instructor? I'm, you said, is there going to be any structure? I said, is he going to be the instructor? I messed up on my words, but... oh. Heck no. Uh, I mean, of course, of course, he's going to show he he's a world champion. He's going to he he's going to be able to show something. You can probably get him, Andy Ruiz. No, uh, I'm saying Kanye. Is he going to be the instructor of the boxing oh, class? I don't know. Come on, man. You're not you, trying to take some uh, boxing lessons from Kanye? I don't know. Some speaking lessons from Kanye? I don't know. Some producer lessons from Kanye? I don't know. Wow, you're crazy. All right. Oh, you don't even know us. You did you not see that uh video with Kanye? No. Nah. No jumper? Nah. Oh, there's a video of Kanye like in the gym. And I guess he's wearing all his Kanye stuff and like a watch. And the guy's like, yo, how much for the hoodie? I don't know. How much for the hat? I don't know. How much for the sweats? I don't know. How much for the watch? <laughs> Two hundred thousand. How much for the shoes? I don't know. How much for the socks? <laughs> I don't know. Nah, it. <laughs> Complete Kanye. He's a character, man. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. And honestly, I hope the Yeezy Academy has a homecoming and Kanye gets to make the Yeezy Academy homecoming. Because if you don't know, this Yeezy Academy, he wants it to compete from what I've seen. He wants it to compete with other, um, like other I forget the the particular name, but like it's, it's like prep prep schools. Okay, kind of like a prep school where you have like prep because most prep schools, from my understanding, are like oh you a kid that may leave high school play ball there to kind of help mature their their talent so they can go into the next level. That's what Kanye is wanting to do with the Yeezy Academy and having them all decked out in Yeezy wear, which I think is going to be a big thing. I believe he actually has someone like the a couple of the top of uh, basketball players in high school right now actually confirm or committing to the easy Academy. Uh, you know, I think it's cool that it's coming along. Why not? You know what I mean? If it's actually going to benefit somebody, then why not be, you know, competitive. And as long as they're doing what they're supposed to be doing, I think it's cool. You know, I think more, you know, artists should do things that are, you know, opening up schools and things like that. I think a lot of artists are doing things like that. You know what Kanye should yeah. do? 
I was gonna say, not even just artists. You already know. You already yeah. know where I'm going. <laughs> I was about to say, not even artists. Well, I said we talk about people wanting celebrities opening schools like Go LeBron ahead. did. Not nah, who hey, else? Well, let me finish. All right, well, like, go ahead. Like you got people like LeBron opening schools. You got people like Jay Z donating the schools. Kanye opened a Yeezy Academy, but yet and still, our brother, your brother, <laughs> your neighbor. <laughs> One of your neighbors, y'all live in the same vicinity as each other. Oh, Dr. Umar is still trying to get a school. It still hasn't opened up. I don't know yeah. <laughs> what the problem is. Like it just hasn't came yet. Yo, listen, man. Like like my guy said, he's trying to get. He needs money Workers. for the school at free work. Shouts out to him getting married. <laughs> yeah, shouts out, shouts out to Dr. Umar getting married. Actually, you now thinking about it, that would be crazy if. Kanye, because you remember Dr. Umar last week was talking about, oh, I want Mike Tyson to train me so I can fight Freddie oh, Gibbs. Jesus. Yes. Like, <laughs> like, yo, listen, he actually, if anything, he Deontay Wilder can go to the FDMG school, help Dr. Umar. The donations can help pay for the school. And everybody wins. See. He he can learn how he can. Get some tips from a professional athlete so he can do a celebrity boxing. And turn and matter of fact, if he want, he can turn this whole thing upside down and, and he can make it a squid game if he wanted to. Well, I was gonna ask you if Dr. Umar and both of his wives went into the uh nah, his wives yeah. went into the squid games, you know, oh, which one is he gonna team up with? You know, like he has to make a decision. Hey, first of before I re- even respond, before I because you know, you know what character I'm thinking of. Well, well, you, know, you know exactly what I'm thinking of. Spoiler alert that. again. We about to get <laughs> was, into it. I was about to say, let's let's hit the spoilers real quick. All right, go ahead. Yeah, listen, man. I Honestly, I wouldn't even want Dr. Umar to do that because we saw what happened <laughs> to the character, bro. We saw what happened to my mans. Him and his wife had to play that game. Bro. Oh, my God. Man. They had a... And when you find out, like, oh, the purpose of the game is who whoever wins. I think it was, like, episode seven. Episode eight. Oh, whoever wins, the loser dies. And he played the game with his wife and he won. His wife died. I don't know how that happened. I, I'm law, I, I'm not even gonna ask the question as to how it happened, but all I know is that was that may have been one of the saddest moments in that show because he ended up hanging himself and killing himself in the place after all of that. So, listeners, both of us have now finished the Squid Games, and yeah, that scene was crazy. I just that whole sequence of events was crazy. Um, my boy, the villain, Sang Woo or Song Woo. I'm I'm probably mispronouncing his name. Loved his part, but that that episode when he teamed up with uh, I'm pretty sure his name was Ali. Ali, the kindest character in the show. Save the main character from dying in the first episode, got betrayed and shot and walked around with rocks around his neck for like 10 solid minutes looking for two old people who didn't exist, gullible as fuck. And he was so gullible to me, it was kind of funny because I was like, damn. As soon as he walked away, I was like, "This he's about to die. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, there's no help for him. He sang, woo. I was like, oh, he's dead, yo. <laughs> I was like, and, 
And the wild part is that this is the part that messed me up the most in that scene was that he, it just showed you how, like it, it kind of shows you how Sang Woo got himself into it, got him in, got himself into playing these these Squid Games, but it also shows you like, yo, why this guy has his personal issues out. Because if if you pay attention to a lot of the to the show, right, right, some of the issues that the issues that they deal with outside that got them to play in the Squid Games are some of the issues as to why they are, are how is kind of shows to how they're competing, like that guy, like Ali. Well, he, he was, was he was going to his boss for money, and then his boss wouldn't give him his money or whatever. So, but clearly he was going off of, oh well, you told me last week, and what happens? Oh, I'm gonna give you your stones. I'm gonna give you your my bad. I'm gonna give you your marbles, quote unquote. And he takes the marbles, he holds it in his hand just to check to make sure it has weight, and then just puts it around his neck. He didn't even check it in his hand, yo. He just put the shit around his neck. Mm-hmm. He was like, hey. Look, carry this around your neck just so you don't get lost. Like he was a puppy, sending him off to get shot behind a shed. That's what he did. Like <laughs> that's what he did him. He didn't. Gosh. He never held it in his hands. He said, "I'm gonna put this shit around your neck. Go off and look for two old people." Now, mind you, no, he my- held. He grabbed it. He did grab it because he checked. He did at one. There is a part of the. There's a scene where he does check it after Sung Woo gives him the the. Oh, to the see marbles. the rocks. Yeah, he he doesn't look inside. He holds it to make sure that it had that the marbles are actually there, just to make sure like okay, let me make sure you're not trying to get over on me, which made no sense, bro. If you're gonna, I don't care if it's you, bro. I'm checking to make sure I got the marbles before I walk off. I'm not even gonna give you. I don't even know why he gave him the marbles in the first place. But that, go ahead. It's it's two things, right? One, going back to what you said before, saying or Ali had one of the most noble reasons for being there out of all of those people. It was like, hey, look, me and my wife are here. We're not supposed to be here. We are trying to get back home. I just killed. I just assaulted my boss and he's going to have life and life changing injury. If I don't get this money, then I'm going to be very screwed. And to um, what else you said about the rocks there, regardless of that, he sent them out to look for two old people before the game started. You could see that there was only one old man. Where was he supposed to find these two other old people at the whole show? They were on the only old person on the whole show was the old man, which was crazy. Did you ever did you realize how ironic the irony of how? Um, Ali, like with his manager, like his boss or whatever, how he messed up his manager's hands, and ironically, he's missing fingers himself. Yeah, that shit was kind of crazy. I was like, yeah. damn. Yeah, but it's you- like it's it's a very crazy parallel. I wasn't mad at it though, man. Like I think you know the character was written that way for a reason. You know, obviously he's he was like out of all these people who had all types of debt from gambling issues and whatnot. Hey, look. I actually need this money to save my wife. Yeah. I mean, some of them I had other people to save too and shit, but you know. Yeah. I was yeah, I was gonna say, like, I was I was thinking of the um I forget the girl's name, but like uh, apparently she's now like the brand ambassador for one of these high-end brands. I'm I not think sure it's, if it's Gucci or Louis Vuitton. Yeah, it's Louis Vuitton. And I, I think it's funny that uh they keep on interviewing her. And I'm not sure how real it is, but it's like these 
um, I would say lesser known rappers like and rappers that I like, like Maxo Cream, where she was like, yeah, Maxo 187. I love that shit. And I was like, how do you even know about that? It's I couldn't see that. But you know how how shit goes, though, because sometimes artists that are lower just hit in other places, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's that happens a lot. I mean, heck, even even like Homeboy that we never talk about. He initially before he popped here, he was doing tours overseas. Like some of these, some rap artists, like you said, Chitty Chitty Bang, for instance, they were they had a buzz in like the UK before they had a buzz over here. But like back to Homegirl, like I, I forget her name in the in the show because she was one of the last three. But like her story was like, oh, I'm a like she had like she watched her father kill her mom and then she killed yeah. her father. And then her brother had to go to an orphanage and she was trying to get the money for him. And then like, she's doing it for a noble reason. Um, the main character, he was doing it for a noble reason. Yep. Song Woo was the only person, I, like, it, he was the only person that's like, okay, you're embezzling money. Now granted, the old man. Oh, the old man, old we man. forgot. Almost forgot to yeah. talk about the old oh, man. Oh no, I didn't forget about to talk. I didn't forget about talking about him because in that episode, we're talking about like episode seven. Cause he played his part the whole show, bro. Yeah, he, he played did. his whole he played his whole part. You made you felt sorry for him. And in that that seventh episode, it was like it even kind of showed you as to the whole purpose of the show, right? Because you saw how the main character was like, Oh, I'm going to pick him just because. Like he's old, despite him being old, I'm being, I'm trying to be a good person out of my heart. But then when it's like, oh, the game comes down to one of us got to, the loser dies, unfortunately. And I get in that marble game, you see where he like, at some point he's losing. And the old man is like, oh, um, he's like, oh, how many did I say? He opened his hand and then was like, how many, how many did you say I had? And he's like, Huh? He's like, how? I didn't hear you. How many? Because he said three, but it was two in his hand. He's like, how many did you say I had? He was like, two. He's like, oh well, here's these marbles then. So he's playing. He's. I thought like, okay, we all know this old dude's got dementia, brain tumor, all of this is sad. It's unfortunate in his situation, but then you realize. At the very at the very end of that episode, that's when I realized, yo, he might be in on, on this whole thing the whole time. Because there's that split second where he's like, but why would you do that to your friend? Because he pretty much called him out like, yo, you've been playing me the whole time. And I've been letting you, I've been letting you do this. But we're gambu. We're gambu, so I'm gonna let it ride. You know, when that happened and I didn't see him actually die, because all the other murders were so like you know, in your face, I was like, okay, maybe something's up. But I didn't think that he was going to be um, the organizer of the whole thing. What I thought was going to end up happening was something similar to the girl in the game prior to that, where she didn't have a partner and they just took her away for whatever reason. I thought that maybe the organizer and him had some type of connection. I didn't think he was going to be the organizer itself. So yeah. I thought that was kind of cool. You know what I mean? Now, yeah. my question to you is, do you think they're going to have a season two of the show? Oh yeah, they have to. I don't know how the season two. I don't personally. I don't think. I'm not sure how I'm gonna feel about the season two. I'm quite sure he's got. I'm quite sure season two's been was probably written well before this show came out. Nope. He, he hasn't written season two for the show. Not at all. 
Oh, wow. Yep. Oh, Hasn't wow. even started. That's what he said. That's what I read. And once I read something wrong. See, the thing is, is that, you know, he was pitching the show for a long time. It got put out and then boom, it's here now. But I don't think he actually had a show written ready to go. He said that if he's going to write a second part from what I read, he would need a team behind him because he wrote this by himself. Better be like Tyler Perry, man. Tyler Perry, Tyler Perry bust. That's why we get the same Tyler Perry movie every time because he he busting them out. He writing them. Well, not let me not say every time, but you get the gist of a it. lot like, of the time. You like can 80% tell of the time. You can tell that there's the same. You can tell the same writers writing all the Tyler Perry sh- movies, which are hits, and it's because it's Tyler Perry. But back to my man's here. In his situation. I mean, I'm not mad at it because I think the way the show ends, because I don't really like how the show ends personally. Really? Yeah, I'm I didn't like how the show ended just because to me, I I feel like it was because it it totally shifts gears, right? And okay. it kind of and to me, I feel as though we already know what's gonna happen with them, right? Because it's it's no different like this man, the main character, when he was on his way to I think what was it? I, it? When he was on his way to for his daughter's birthday initially, like he had the money. He all he had to do was go get her a gift and go buy some fried chicken. He gambled <laughs> it. He won four hundred. I think he won like forty five point six million won or whatever it was. His number that he would end up playing his number four fifty six, which would be his number that he would play in the game. Um, he won that, lost it all. Well, he lost it all because homegirl, uh, she ends up stealing it. But and he has to ask for that ten thousand won back, right? There's so much irony in it because he deviates then and goes and play and ends up finding himself in these games. And then when he's about to go to his daughter, he finally has the money a year later to go to his daughter to visit her in America. He turns around and says. On some like he's Liam Nielsen. Oh, I got I'm I'm on my way. I and I I know this game is not over. I will find you. I want to play again. I don't no. have a problem with that though. I mean, I don't I'll, like it. The way I, I see it, it uh, go ahead. Finish I, your I just didn't. Well, I'm just saying I don't. I I'm not. There's no thought. I'm just saying I didn't like it. That's well, all. I, well, I mean, the way I see it is like this, right? I mean, now I was speaking to you know. Lyle Shea, Big Cozy, T Cozy, you know, the tribal chief. And he was saying some stuff about uh, his problem with the story was he did all this shit for his daughter and spent any money on his daughter. And I was like, you know, you got a point about that. I was like, you can't just let the money sit there and not take care of your daughter. You know, and he took care of the other girl's brother, Sang Wu's mother, and just had his daughter chilling over there. I mean, what she was doing fine with her family and whatever, but I kind of understood that point. I guess for me, I don't really have a problem with the ending because I feel like it can just lead to more of a show. You know what I mean? Like if it were to go away from that, I, I think it would, well, that would be the end of it. And I mean, if the, if the season was only to be one, all this could be one season, but the way it ended lends to another season, which I mean, they could do like all types of stuff with, but I mean, like it, it really all depends because you know, this next game's like, would it just be people who competed before? Would he be one person in a room full of new competitors? Like, you know, what would you do? Otherwise, we just have him chilling with his daughter, maybe being spied on, but they don't want nothing to do with him. Yeah, true. And well, I'm, I'm, well, I won't say they didn't want anything to do with him because he just didn't have money, I think. And 
No, not that. Because when he was riding away from the um, organization, the front man was like, hey, look, you got your money. Be happy. Oh, this yeah. was like a dream. And I forget about this his, shit. Yeah, I thought you were saying his daughter. No, no. I thought you were saying his Yeah. Like, and even like the front man, like that was even weird because like he won, I'm guessing he won the... F- he won one of these uh, squid games. Right. And he became the front man. So th- there's a storyline there. We also know like his brother, he, we don't know if he really killed his brother. He shot him in the arm. Right. He, but he just his, could be swam fell. away. Yeah. Like, which is so ironic. Your brother shoots you in the arm. So you shoot him in the arm, but he magically dies allegedly. Like, <laughs> So like it, to me, there's there's gaps in the story to make for something else. Like just like there's a theory that um, that the old man and the main and four fifty six are it could possibly be that four fifty six is uh, the old man's son. What's your thoughts? What's your thoughts on that theory? I saw that theory. Um, I haven't looked into it like enough, but I, what I find to be interesting is a lot of people go to this uh, scene in the show where they keep on talking about them talking about milk. And he's like, oh, yeah, you know, I used to beat my son for not wanting to drink milk. So I went back and watched a scene in the Korean language, you know, it was like, oh, yeah, my son was similar. And it didn't seem to be so, like, head on. So I'm curious to know if that's something that was just written for the show or if that scene actually means anything at all. It could and it could not. But, I mean, I think there's no way to really tell. Yeah, well, it's it's that scene, but also the um, the scene, the episode we've been talking about episode seven where when they're walking around you know how the old man's like oh this is my because i saw this i heard about that but i also saw the part where they're walk the old man's like oh this is like my old neighborhood and my old house was over here and when he finally got to like where his house was that's where 456 was like hey oh this reminds me we used to live in something near this like the alley reminds me of like where i grew up as a child i heard that too i thought that was interesting yeah, so like, and granted, there's, I mean, there's so much overlap. It's it's not impossible because it could have came from because I from what it seems like the old man probably built himself into wealth, like just from it sound just from how it sounded like oh like he's just a kid and all of this stuff and then it's like oh oh yeah as a kid I played like it seemed like he played so many games as a kid and when he was youthful it didn't sound like he came from money. So it seems like he built himself into this wealth and probably as he got older, similar to Song, not Song Wu, but similar to uh, 456. I don't remember these characters' names, to be honest with you. Um, I just remember Song Wu. That shit was funny. Yeah. Like, and even Song, even how that show, how that ends, which was like, it was very interesting. I, I understood why he killed himself, but it was just like, I don't know. After all of that, and Song Wu was trying to let you die, like, during the little cookie game, he was like, oh, like... He's like, hey, hey. And then he's like, oh, never mind. He's like, like, go ahead, man, do your thing. Yeah, and then when, when Sangwoo won, and he still saw a dude was just still there, he just kind of looked at him and then tried... You know how when you did... You know how when you're trying to avoid someone, you're just like, hey, man, hey, 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 hey. Like, you're looking down, but trying to side-eye and wave. That's what that looked like, so... You know the shit that had me dying about... <clears throat> <clears throat> Sorry. Newport shorty, man. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> you know the shit that had me dying about um saying woo though or song woo? Um towards the end of the show, the female character is dying. I can't remember her name. 
and oh, the main yeah. character. The main character's like, hey, 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 you know, she's on the brink of death. She's on the brink of death. He looks back. They carry in the box. He's like already over her body, stabbed her up. <laughs> he was like, look, man, like, let's get this shit on. <laughs> He's like, where's yo, the money? Yo, and, and the, that was a crazy part to me because I'm like, yo, I was like, yo, you just got a taste for blood. Like, you could tell at some point it was just like, I know why you're here. I see exactly <laughs> why you're here. And because he's smart. He's a, he's smart. He knows how to move. He knows when to be quiet. But at the same time, his smartness is the same thing that got him into the same situations that he's in. Yep. And it's like, oh, you don't know when to chill. Because even at that point, it's like, oh, sure, she's dying. She's bleeding out. Your, your best friend is knocking on the door like, please, someone help her. You just go over there politely and say, yo, let me just, yo, let, it's not even like he just did something slight. Like, you can tell he's got blood all over him. And I'm like, yo, this is crazy. It's like, yo, you just, ha- it's like, yo, you're, now you're a killer. You're, you're just a killer at this point. Well, he pushed like, the dude off the glass, too. He was like, man, I can't figure it out. I'm, I'm trying to figure out. He's like, man, fuck that. He's like, <laughs> are we crossing the shit or not, y'all? He's like, if y'all want to come along, y'all come with me. <laughs> and that was pretty much it. Yeah. I, Sangwoo, I like his character. I like the villains. I'm always liking the villains. Hill Jackson. Hill Jackson. You already know how it goes, man. Hill, Hill approved. So this weekend, I got to listen to Life of the Dawn. That was the album that came out by Don Tolliver. Um, I actually like that album. It sounds good. It's more of an R&B sounding album than his first one, which I think has more of a hip hop influence. But I mean, I like it. I, I think it sounds good. I know um, you didn't get a chance to listen to it yet. I'm not sure if uh, any other, you know, people who listen to this podcast have got a chance to listen to it, but I'd be curious to hear thoughts. Yeah, I, I would be curious to hear thoughts as well, because I, I did. I heard about this album, but I didn't listen to it. So. Uh, but I have heard positive things so far. So I'm quite sure there's people that's probably listened to it. I know there were also um well, I think there were I think there were other albums that came out, but I was honestly I was really focusing on like how Meek was gonna do in his second week. Cause I'm still I'm still going through like this um not dream chasers, uh expensive pain. Like I'm mm. still going through the expensive pain album. So I still didn't have a chance to really listen to it. I haven't had a chance to listen to that yet, but I will take a chance to listen to it. Um, I don't know if you saw um, that that Meek's album. It it sold for like it sold not like ninety two thousand records this this time around, compared to championships that did like two hundred and over two hundred thousand records. I think it was like two hundred eighty thousand. You know, I'm not mad at ex- expensive pain um, selling that much. I think that's a good number for Meek and kind of where he's at in his career as far as, you know, what you would figure an artist like him would sell. So, like, uh, I'm not necessarily mad. Now, as far as what that means, as far as, like, his, his success goes and what's not, yeah, I can't even fucking speak tonight. As far as what that Poor would Shelby, mean. Man. as No, not even. As far <laughs> as what that would mean for Meek Mill's success, I'm not sure. But I think that is good numbers for what I would figure he's at. Yeah, to me, I think this isn't. Um, I think this is bad for me. Like to mm-hmm. me, I think that, to me this is a flop. What were you expecting him to do? He, I was expecting him to at least do one six, one fifty, one seventy five. No, this is a flop. I don't think this, so. This is a flop. I mean, you sell it, you sell two hundred twenty eight thousand copies 
and your last album and your set your the follow-up album despite putting out other stuff that had he was putting out eps and records and singles every now and again and they were people were oh biting for more you sell 200 some you sell 228,000 your last album and your next album does less than 100,000 that's a flop Kanye it's just good Kanye just did 300 right somewhere around there yeah if if Kanye's doing 300 i think 92 for meek is all right you know what i mean now could it be so, a little higher i'm not saying that it can but i would i would expect them to be somewhere in the 130 range so you so that so that's to me, I can't say that because to me, that's like, because now we're putting him, so we're putting him below the pocket of like, based off album sales right now, based off Lil Baby, based off Money Bag Gill, like we're putting him below them at this point. Like he, at that point, at that point when he's selling less than 100,000, he's pretty much fighting with like the G Herbos and the Lil Dirks of the world at this point. Well, and I wouldn't even say Lil Dirk because I think Lil, and Lil Dirk is on his way up. He's fighting with the guys that are like, like baby Keems, probably. So we know where we hold Meek at, right? Like in the structure of this whole rap thing, right? In the hierarchy and whatever. Facts. And he's not one. While while Lil Baby's a star, he's not. Meek Mill is. He's been around for a bit of time. You know what I mean? So we don't really hold him on that level. <clears throat> Excuse me. However. What I would say is that at this point in time, the stardom of Lil Baby is a little higher than Meek Mills, I would say, on a general popular scale. Lil Baby right. is a is a big selling artist. You know what I mean? So I, I honestly would expect Lil Baby to have higher numbers than him, whether they're fixed, whatever, whatever the case is. I think Meek Mill selling right around 100 is about right. Could he have sold more? Yes. I don't think this is a bad showing for Meek, though. I, see, I, I disagree, man, because I, I, I agree on the point. I do agree on the point with Lil Baby, right? Where, yes, Lil, Lil Baby is a newcoming artist while Mika has 10 years. He has at least a decade in the game at, at the on the main stage, right? So I agree there, but it's to me, it's also that thing of like, okay, you're now you're in the space of legacy acts, right? At his echelon... For his echelon as a legacy act, he the numbers should be higher to me. And that's the thing, because it's, even if it's a Kanye, Drake, Kendrick, J. Cole, um, I, I wouldn't even say that. Like, I mean, at this point, I guess he would be I guess his numbers would be competing with someone like Big Crit at this point. Well, I mean, if we're if we're being real and this is no offense to me, he's not any of those artists. You know what I mean? Like he's, he's not. And, and they're not him. Right. But what I'm saying is, like, because he's not those artists, I don't expect him to do what those artists are doing. You know what I mean? So it's like, at some point in time, it, and that's not to say that Meek can't sell more with a further album, you know, further out in his career, I would say. But, like, I think at this point in time, that's just where he's at, you know? And that just is what it is. But, see, I, 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 I agree it, clearly the numbers don't lie and it shows this is where the marketplace puts them. I agree there. My thing is though he's not any of the artists I name, he's also he's all I, I think most people it's safe to say like at from a in terms of street artists, he was that guy for street artists at one point. And when Meek Mill went to jail, a lot of 
music didn't sound the same for, for street music. Like, I mean, granted, we had your Yo Gotti's, you had your Futures, you had like, and I'm not using, I don't even want to use like Gucci Man or Jeezy or nobody like that because they're older acts. Right. But like, you had street artists, but let's be honest, in 2010, like in the 10s, Meek was one of those guys that was closer, more at the forefront for street artists. And he was one of the highest selling street artists at the time. He was one of the highest selling artists during his run with his peers who are of that echelon that I named. Kendrick, Cole, Drake, they're all in there. He he came in with under the same echelon as them. He was on the same echelon as them. He was on the same playing field. They, he has songs with all of these artists. They're all... They all came in the game at the same time. They all came and rose to ascension around the same time at different parts. And some may have felt dropped lower than others. But let's be honest, you know, you know how big of an artist has to be for three years ago, they sell 225,000 copies their first week. That's not even, and streaming was still out then. You're right. Like, I think his, I like, well, no. But he ended up having, like, he was having, he had a great, like, 225000 is not gold, but that's a lot for artists definitely three years ago. So well, it, here's what I'll say, right? I, I listen to Championship since we've talked about the Expensive Fan album. And to me, that album is the quality of this album and the quality of that album are two totally different things. You know what I mean? Right. So when you have a put, when you put out an album of that quality and you have the name McMill, you would hope you will sell a lot of records. And, I mean, obviously, he did well for himself. The number was 225, which I didn't know that. But uh, that being said, though, I mean, we get back to like, all right, we talk about the, you know, the Kendricks, Coles and Drakes. But it's like even like the big Sean's of this generation don't or that generation, I should say, don't get the same praise as they do. You know what I mean? And like, while he might be able to sell records as well, like. Any artist, pretty much any artist behind those like top four or five spots isn't really guaranteed to do anything because I feel like they all fluctuate to a certain degree. Yeah, I I agree. Like they do fluctuate. I, I guess to me at the at the crux of it is I look at Meek just I I have somewhat of a similar respect for them as I do for Meek because though he's not them, he play he's them in his arena. You I know what I mean? Yeah he he deserves it, respect. Yeah, like, and I mean, from a, in terms of like street artists, he is like, I mean, I think most, I think some of your top artists or t- some of your top artists today in terms of like the younger generation, Meek Mill is one of those guys, whether it's NBA Youngboy who said his name partially comes from listening to Meek Mill, whether it's Dirk who puts Meek Mill as his number one artist of all time, like, and all that fall in between. Like, it's, it's just one of those things where it's like, the landscape now has put, this is where the marketplace puts you at. And if this is where the marketplace puts you at, I'm very curious to see how his next pieces will come out. Because I think this, when you're, when you sell 200 something thousand records, your last album, I think anybody would say, yo, this next album is going to be, if, even if it doesn't hit 225, 228,000, this next album should at least crack 150. 175 so it's the the margin isn't so crazy but when it doesn't do over a hundred thousand i'm very curious to see what happens because i I highly doubt the same amount of money that was being poured into him is not going to get poured into him for this next for his following out the follow-up album granted he's putting out a 
add a, a extendo pack to this, which is like a deluxe, which I wish people would stop doing deluxes at this point. I'm honestly, I, I probably won't listen to the deluxe album because I just don't like deluxes at this point. Um, but yeah, like I don't know. I think it's, it's it says a lot. It says a lot, and it to me it says a lot, and it doesn't say a lot of good in terms of like the reception. I think it it in terms of the sound, which I'm not surprised. But if you follow me on IG. I've been saying this to some of some of the people in my groups. Yo, I don't know how I, I'm I was on the fence with the album before it came out because of the snippets. Cause I thought it was gonna be completely auto-tunish. And it wasn't. It was good, but hey, I think we just live, I think we're just going through that age where we're finally seeing what happened to our favorite artists as kids, happened to the artists that we went that we lived through. And when I are lived that their music lived with us. As we went through life, his album "Expensive Pain" is eh, and that's it. Well, you I'm don't sorry. really. Well, I mean, you don't really listen to rap, so I kind of. I don't. I don't really listen to so, rap. I don't really I, listen to rap. That's crazy. But, and, hey, man, you. Hey, man, you predicted that. Uh, you think Durka actually sell less albums in his next album compared to uh, what what academics thinks, right? So academics what? say academics put out a post predicting that. Dirk is going to sell 150,000. You're like, ah, he might do 60. He might do 60. He might do 60. I didn't even say that. I think it's possible. So the, the, the question came up tonight. Hey, what do you think about this post, right? So, um, you know, one of us said that he might do like 60 or something. Yeah. I said, I said. you. It was just me and you that gave out numbers. Bro. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. <laughs> Go ahead. We'll, I said, we'll finish, your, finish your narratives. My lies. I said that Lil Dirk should sell somewhere between 70 and 90. I don't necessarily think that's bad. I mean, seeing as Meek just did 90, I think personally, Meek is a bigger artist than Lil Dirk. Maybe at this point in time, it you can say they're close in popularity, like like they're right around where each other is at. But it's like at the same point in time, I don't think he's going to sell 150. I think that number is high. I don't I just don't see it happening. But could he break to 100? Yeah, I wouldn't even be mad under for it. I just don't see it happening. I think he sells right around with Meek sold. Not a little uh, higher. Yeah, I honestly I think he sells more than Meek in, in his next in his next album. I, personally to me I think Dirk does at least 120 in his next album. Um granted like I I'm not sure um just because y'all waited too, I don't know what the I don't know what the reception was in terms of sales, but I do know the voice. The first it came out, it, and this is why I say this because the voice, right? This first week it only sold like twenty three thousand, mm. but it in December, its second week it sold sixty six thousand. So it is one of those weird anomalies where hey, yo, don't put out an album at the end of the year because the. This, this kind of may show why fourth quarter drops were a, not a thing at one point. Well, I don't think they should be, personally. I think if you're, I think history has shown that you just have less of a chance of success if you're dropping in the fourth quarter because I, I think it just goes where everybody's around their families. They're not necessarily worried about like keeping up with just the outside world. They have like so much stuff going on within like their families and whatnot. Now, <laughs> Now, unless you're like a Drake or a Kanye, uh, or if you're like a Drake, Beyonce 
type of art caliber artist, I think you can pull it off. Yeah, you can. Yeah, I mean, Beyonce is the one that really got the ball kicking with this. Granted, I mean, Childish, I think because the internet came out in December as well. Yep. But like, Beyonce did the surprise album on a Friday, which wasn't done yet. At, in December? At that time. In December. It was mm-hmm. in, the December, in December. She had dropped that surprise because that was the out. Al- I forget the album it was, but it changed the way music came out because before music was being released on Tuesday still. She dropped the album on a Friday, a surprise album. Just was like, yo, album out now. Everybody went crazy. And next thing you know, they start, they went from, from Tuesday to Tuesday to Friday to Friday. So, like, if you're a certain caliber artist, I think it works. But, like, someone like Dirk, it did. I don't think it worked. And I think the voice kind of showed that where your first week, it does 23. Your second week, it does 66. So, you're roughly around 100. You pretty much, in your first two weeks, you did 100. Practically. Now, let's say you take away that you add the hype that he has now, the over what was like over 120,000 copies or it was like over 100,000 copies. Got, it was like over 100,000 copies of the voice and the hero, the voice of the heroes did. So between that, the features I and like I've always said, this has been Dirk Shear. He's been having one crazy run. Been He's probably been one of the most popular, not most popular, but one of the most consecutive features we've heard throughout this year of 2021 on everybody's song, very similar to what we've seen with other artists out here as well, but at the level that he's at. So it's like, I don't know, man. Like I can see him doing at least 120 between the hype that he's that's around him. He's got some of his old work is going platinum now. He's getting accolades off his prior work, which means people are still streaming what he's been did. Also, he's having success commercially now, and he's pretty much he's this is the biggest he's ever been. Probably this is probably the biggest he's he's been in a while, as and it's probably the biggest he's ever been in terms of the staying power. He he, I feel like now he's arrived at a point where he's going to have staying power. Well, the way I see it is like this. All right, while you were you know I'm talking and whatnot, I looked up the numbers for the voice and the heroes. And that's looked to do 165 in his first week. And that was Dirk and Lil Baby. If they're doing 165 with Dirk and Lil Baby, then I would assume that number has to be split in some way, shape, or form with it coming out. So I'm going to stick with my prediction right around 100. And I think that's good for him. There's not no, real- right around 90. Don't say it right around 100. Right yeah. around 90. <laughs> 70 to Right 90. around 90. Yeah, right. That- that's what I feel. If he does more, congratulations. I, I'm not going to be like, damn, he shouldn't have did that. Like, no, like, congratulations if he does more. Yeah, I mean, congratulations if he does more, which I think he will. Uh, like I said, I, <laughs> you're the I, fan I, of his. You should have faith I mean, in your artist. Hey, man, you like the voice more than I do. So what can I? What what does what does that say? I like what, still trapping. What does? Hey, you like the voice more than I do. I li- I probably listen to the voice maybe once or twice, if that. All right. Just because y'all waited two is just because y'all waited two is probably I prefer that project more. So like I listen to two four eight every week. Hellcast and Trackhawks, I believe that's off the OTF uh album compilation thing they did. That's your man. Yeah, I mean I listen if I like the music, I like the music. Hey, you love Lil B. And he's more talented than Lil B. Hey, shout so, out to Lil B, man. Legend, legend in the game, yo. Yeah, Curse, Curse Hill Jackson. 
<laughs> Base God, Krista Hill Jackson, please, Base God. Nah, he he might send me a blessing. You never know. He might. Uh, I can't even get into what he might send me. I don't. I don't want to do that on the show. Yeah, hey man, maybe you may have to send him something. Well, but, you know who's getting sent somewhere in the purgatory? R. Kelly. Oh, he's getting in sent the- away from YouTube. That that's for damn sure. So if that puts him in purgatory, yeah, I'll say that. Jeez. Recently, I saw an article that said that um, they took they took off the R. Kelly Vivo and another R. Kelly channel off of YouTube, which I find to be interesting. I always find it to be interesting when they take down a stream of an artist or something like that when things go bad, because I feel like it sets a president, a president for what they should do in the future. So it's like. With R. Kelly being who he is and what he's done, I have no problem with him being punished in some way, shape or form. But that being said, though, it brings up the conversation of other artists being punished in similar ways. Now, that being said, we don't know how many artists that are doing exactly what R. Kelly did, but it is just an interesting thing. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Um, I wasn't aware of this until you brought it to my attention. Um, I mean, hey, YouTube, they I'm quite sure for them to pull it off. They had their reasonings, and I think it's based off just whatever it could be, I, I guess I could say. Because I, I like it, this is new information to me, so I'm still trying to process it. What I, what I find interesting is like, you know, a lot of people get um, affected by the way these uh, punishments are dealt out. Like there's a lot of money that goes to a lot of different places. So I'm curious to see as to how that's going to play. Oh, you're talking about in terms of the revenue that the that his page was making? Yep. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, I'm quite sure right now his catalog is probably... It, his catalog still make. I'm quite sure his catalog is still making mu- making money, but I'm quite sure like most people are not touching anything that he has right now. Like, uh, I think even I'm I'm quite sure even in, in the buildings they're probably like, yo, listen, we're not making any money off of this. I believe I can fly. That's never uh, it is it. It'll be like Sinbad. It'll be just like Shazam. Did it really happen? <laughs> The what is it? The uh, damn, what is the name of that thing? I know what, what you're talking about. It's like a parallel effect. universe. Or, yeah. No, oh, the butterfly effect. No, 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 it's not the butterfly Mandela effect. effect. The Mandela effect. That's what it is. Yeah, I love that shit. I like watching videos about that shit. Yeah, that's a it's a very interesting thing because I swear to you, Shazam happened. I remember watching. I remember, not is it Shazam? It wasn't Shazam. It was um. <clears throat> it was a it was a video of Sinbad where he was a genie, and yeah. that was the video that came out. And people say that that shit doesn't exist, but I agree with you. That shit it was does a movie. Exist. Yes, we all watched it. What I is, don't remember watching it, but I remember seeing commercials for it. I don't remember what I remember watching it. I remember why. And now, granted, being so young, I could have been watching a commercial. That just looked like it was a movie to me. Nah, yeah. Yeah, nah. yeah. Listen, man, I thought Squid, when you're six or seven, you don't know the difference between movies. You just see, oh, him on TV. Yeah, I thought this was a movie. Just like, hey, even when I watch Squid Games, I personally, that was probably one thing I loved the most about that show was that it's very cinematic, like a movie. A lot so, of people have the same memory of the same thing from a same period in time in their life, but. None of us know what happened. I just find it to be kind of odd. That's all. It might be like R. Kelly. Hey, listen, man. If does it really exist if you delete it from history? 
R. Kelly doesn't exist to YouTube. That's what we do know. Yo, so if 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 Not the only shit. yeah, if think about it, at some point, at some because I'm I won't be surprised if others follow suit with this when it comes to him, especially because I, like I said, this is new information. So for me, it's this is brand new information live on the podcast. So you're getting my live reaction to this. <laughs> like I, to me, I think I wouldn't be surprised if this ends up like if this becomes a thing with other people, like yo. We're going to pull this. We're going to pull that. Like, I'm quite sure the old Space Jam. I'm quite sure at some point, if it still comes on movies, they're going to find a way of saying, like, yo, we got to take this R. Kelly part out. Oh, Jesus. No, they won't do that. Bro, if you're taking, you don't think they will? The man, the... The most iconic song from that that movie is I Believe I Can Fly, which became an iconic song for a generation. So many people graduated from graduate, graduated from kindergarten to I Believe I Can Fly, right? But because of what he's doing, listen, there, I get it. Like Dave Chappelle said, you take away a man's money. This is it's kind of like killing him. Yeah. And they're and granted, like he's put himself in this position. So I can't, I'm not saying this from a, a I'm not saying this from a space of like, oh, this is horrible. I'm saying this from a space of, hey, you took the man's money. You took whatever livelihood he had left. Granted, he's in jail for Lord knows how long. So he's in jail for whoever knows how long. But now he doesn't have income. Now, granted, we did. I did see something trending where his his net worth is negative two million. So like, yo, listen, man, you think. You think he wouldn't be getting paid if they play I Believe I Can Fly? If you if you watch if you watch um Space Jam, you think he's not getting paid off of that stream? Well, off well, that of you streaming that movie if his if his music's playing? Well, I I wouldn't be surprised if they change that at some point in time. Like, you know what I mean? It, it definitely is possible. I don't think they'll do it just, you know, for the sake of keeping the movie intact, but you never know because they have taken things out of movies before. I'm not, well, I know you didn't hear because it's breaking news actually during the podcast. Um, the coach of the, uh, not the Oakland Raiders, excuse me, Las Vegas Raiders is now gone. John, John Gruden will no longer be the coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. Apparently, um, some comments that he said that were anti-gay and misogynistic came out. Um, I'm assuming he must have offended somebody or just the, you know, the situation happened. And he will no longer be the coach of the team. That's kind of a big deal because as far as I know, if I'm not mistaken, the Raiders have been undefeated and they've been having an amazing year so far. So I'm curious to see as to what happens. Spence, have you been paying attention to the Las Vegas Raiders? We just went to the stadium like less than two months ago. That's crazy. Yes. Um, I mean, I like I like I mean, I, I'm always uh, the Raiders hold a special place in my heart. So. I always have, I always will keep myself in some type of no for the Raiders, but this is breaking news is very um, surprising, but clearly you live in, when you live in a world where there's repercussions for your actions, you got to be willing to accept whatever comes with it. So, I mean, it's, um, I don't know. It's one of those things. Like, I mean, in all honesty, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody, if another team tries to pick him up at some point, um, but hey, he you gotta learn. He, he, unfortunately, it's an unfortunate thing to have happen. But if you're out here 
if, like you said, if he's out here making rude comments to people, X, Y, and Z, that are uh, derogatory comments based that can be separate you. Yeah. Like, I mean, Hey, it, it's, it's crazy, but. And I was listen, wrong. They, they lost two games. Oh, okay. So the, what's the record? Three and two. What's the Steelers record? Two and three. Oh, okay. Your record's two and three too. Okay. Just, just, okay. just let you know we're in the same boat. I, I, I know. I pay, I know. I've been paying attention. All right. I, just, I, I wasn't sure. Me, you tried I to pay, call me try. out. Like your record no. was better. No, I was just asking a question. Why oh, yeah, do you get so right. defensive? No, it, it just seemed to come out. Of, we were talking about John Gruden, yet somehow the Steelers were brought up. I mean, when I'm talking to you, there's a big Steelers flag behind you. So, of um, course, I'm going to ask. Okay. You, you, you did can that text to yourself. Me that. You can text me that. Why would I text you? We're talking. I this is mean, a conversation. Uh, I, this is no different than if I was having a phone conversation with you. So, I'm going to just ask you here. Hey man, got you gotta you gotta you gotta maybe you need to take maybe you need to go for an extra stretch maybe you need to go for a run I don't know man listen I smile we two and three it is what it is I'm smiling still you two and three what you mean by that brother huh the cream will rise to the top in the words of Macho Man Macho Man Randy Savage I've been watching a lot of him too lately what I'll uh, say is that uh. You know, shouts out to the Steelers. We got a win yesterday. So shouts out to us. Why'd you roll your eyes when I said that? No, I, no, I didn't roll my eyes. You just seem so upset. Like no, I just said I, we won. I, we had a good day. Bro, <laughs> see, now you're creating false narratives. I'm not I, they, they can watch this on the YouTube if they go they and follow can. us at the Highly Advised Podcast. Yeah, and I want to let you guys all know he edits the podcast. So I can't edit probably, your eyes. Listen, you clearly you can because I didn't roll my eyes, bro. Yeah. I just blinked. For real, for real. But mm. nonetheless. Nonetheless, I was going to say congratulations. Y'all went from one and three to two and three. (laughs) Thank you. I I appreciate that. We caught up to y'all. Who would have thought? Who would have thought we'd end up having the same record? Who would have thunk it, right? That's crazy. Who would have thunk it in the words of Drake? Who would have thunk? Like, like we might be right around the same skill. You seem just as bad as mine is. Amen. Who would have thought? Hey man, you're fighting for a win just to be just to be in a seat next to us. So, hey, hey, you know, but we're right next to each other. Hey, Two and three. Still, you still, yeah, you're more losses next, than wins. We're you're we're next to each other, but you're sitting in the aisle behind me. And that's that, all. what's so, crazier is is that I would say that you know you would be in a better spot, but you got Kirk Cousins, so you're not really gonna be in a better spot than us. He's shaky, hey, just like Ben is right hey, now. Hey, and we talking about we gonna talk about Steelers and we gonna talk about R. Kelly. Let's get into <laughs> it. <laughs> I'm just saying, like I. The Steelers weren't in the conversation until you brought it up. Yeah. Like, hey, and we can talk. You want to talk, talk, talk about quarterbacks? You want to talk about quarterbacks? You want to talk about Art Kelly? You want to talk about fit? You want to talk about the Mandela effect? If it happened, if it didn't happen, people said it happened. People said it didn't happen. Let yo, hey yo, listen, man. Where's the picnic table? Where's the picnic cloth? Let's let's get let's put let's put the covers on the sheets. Let's put the covers on the sheets. Let's put pins to the pad. You're talking about wins and losses for your team, and then you're talking about <laughs> past actions. What I'll say is that shouts out hey, to the man. Steelers Play for being actions. two and three. Hey man, shouts yeah, shout out to the Steelers for being two and three. Shouts out to the Vikings for being two and three. Those two, those two wins. I bet they fought hard for those two wins. Shouts yeah. out to them for getting that. Yo, listen, man, they, they lost three still, times more than they, they won, but they still got two. Just like yeah. us. Yeah, and it was fighting just as hard as Ben was outside of the outside of the football field. But nonetheless, nonetheless, I will say this. I, I did want to make sure before we get out of here, um, to notify people as a fan of um 
concerts, music festivals. Uh, Pharrell did put out a post recently after following the death of his uh, one of his cousins within the city of Virginia. Well, within Virginia itself, um, he is ending something in the water, and he's saying the city is toxic. There's something toxic within the city following the death of his cousin. Um, I'm not quite sure if how he passed away, but of course we here at the Holly Vice podcast, we always want to send our condolences, especially someone like that. Um, who's influential. I mean, as well as like, I mean, it's, it's a burden to so many because I having the experience of Firefly, I can only imagine having it and then someone taking it away, but for right, but for the rightful cause. So just want to inform the listeners of that. I'm not sure if you, uh, if you are familiar with that, it looks like you're, you're you're doing some you're doing some homework right now, doing some deep diving for some information. I'm guessing, but nonetheless, um, I just want to kind of end it off with that before we get up out of here. You got anything else to say t- to the listeners, man, or any extra comments? Hey, look, whenever you're ready to talk, look. So the listeners should know that I like talking football. I don't want I don't mind talking football. Now we're not talking about court documents. We're talking about football. So <laughs> all uh, that's all I hear. Football, 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 on the field, football. That's what I hear personally. Yo, man, listen, listen. Yo, the Boondocks made an episode about this, so I'm going to let you have it. Uh, I know where you sit in the episode with the episode I'm talking about of the Boondocks. So what I'll say about something in the water is this. Um, I feel like this being Pharrell's concert he has the right to do anything he wants. If he doesn't want to have it there, that's unfortunate. But I feel like, you know, when you feel like something's not right, something's not right. And, you know, definitely RIP to his family. And, um, you know, I, I hope that they can find some type of solace in not being in Virginia anymore. Yeah, definitely. So um, hopefully, they're, hopefully they're able to um, maybe bring this somewhere else or maybe try that out. I don't know. Um Cause it is unfortunate. I mean, of course, like it's unfortunate, but at the same time, like we live in a world now where mental health is a real thing. So it's like, if he doesn't feel as though this is the best option for him, cause I'm quite sure it's bittersweet to host something where you're doing all this and something like that happens to a loved one of his, I'm quite sure it can be a lot. So um, yeah, like you said, just condolences and hopefully we see more from Pharrell, whether it be, some uh Pharrell is Pharrell. So whether we see more from Pharrell or Pharrell just decides to bless us popping up at different festivals, so be it. So um, yeah, but with that being said, I I don't have much more to say other than drink your water, wear your mask if you choose to, and stay sanitized. Stay drink your water, stay sanitized, and you know, just stay out the way. Um, I don't have anything for the listeners. Um, you've been highly advised. Thanks for joining us. We will be back next week, uh, hopefully with some good stuff and some more news and whatnot. We will come back and talk to you guys later. Have a you've good been, one. You've been highly advised. Shasha. Shasha.